At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the only thing that matters. That's it. It's just us. Welcome back, reptilians. How are we doing today? Oh, good one. Thanks. Good one. You have to listen to the last episode in order to understand that reference. It, correct. But it felt right. Honestly, if anyone is reptilians, um, if anyone is reptilians, yeah. Mm. Good job, Rachel. Um, if anyone in the world, any group of people are reptilians, it's our listeners. Absolutely. So, a little sus. Just saying. Every time I say sus, I feel like a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> I can't help it. No clap. Is that what they say? No clap. What say? <laughs> What's the word? What, is that what they say? Are you actually asking me? I thought you were making fun of that SNL skit. No. What's the, what's the saying? Did you just unironically say no clap to me? To my face? Yeah. <laughs> I'm asking you if that's the appropriate context to say no clap. Is it even clap? <laughs> I have aged myself in this podcast already. You're 22. It has already You're been established. Right? I, yes, but I am definitely a 50-year-old woman living inside my body. Oh, Maddie. No Maddie. cap. That's it. No cap. Not clap. And what is... <laughs> I need Elon Musk uh, to explain it to did me Did you again. say Elon I Musk? Did, I did say Musk. Guys, we are all aboard the giggle train. No, but I think Elon Musk needs to explain it to me because I clearly oh, don't, I don't understand it. I don't it. know if he understands it either. That is true. I could tell Elon and I were in the same boat of having literally no idea what. Just in general? <laughs> Just no idea. Okay. All right. Let's let that go. So we did that. So it's no let's cap. Forget that ever happened. No cap. I'm going to have to Urban Dictionary this, but I'm we'll do like it later. I'm going to slam your computer right. shut We're gonna do it later. and kick you out, fire you. Uh, so apologies. 
<laughs> just cut right to it. Why don't We're just going to cut right to it because there's really nowhere to go from here. Okay. Um, while you, in all of your perfect perfectness. That, yeah, you can stop there. Are perfect. Mm-hmm. There were things that I feel are we need to apologize to our listeners for. Disagree, but go on. So here we go. I would like to apologize for Rachel having to read her notes more than she usually does. Um, a little slacking, but we'll give it to you because you're awesome. And it was a lot. I would also like to apologize for Rachel giving us the largest topic known to mankind with about 800 different underground tunnels we needed to pursue and try to fit it into one of our episodes. It's actually about 803. Mm. Even worse. She just did herself in even more. So I do apologize to our listeners for both of those things. I don't. We'll never get, we'll just, yep. (laughs) We're never going to get anything else from her. So there we go. There's that. I, ex- I don't know. I expected a little fight from you on that, but you just, just decided to shame me for being a narcissist or something. Probably. Okay. I think that's the best course of action here. Arguing might not work. Uh, no, arguing won't work. I think I've learned after listening to you and Lauren that arguing is perhaps the wrong approach here. I'm taking a Jimmy Carter stance on this. We're going to hug. We're not going to hug it out. Dang. <laughs> no, I tried. We're not going to hug it out. That was for you, Jimmy. Um, it's the weirdest presidential tribute ever. Right? <laughs> that, I just feel like it's that one was of, for you, Jimmy. Because it's just who I am now. The Jimmy Carter okay. hugging attitude. Do you want to hear what I have for you today? I'm not sure anymore. I think you do. Okay, fine. <laughs> Let's hear it. Tell me what you got. Tell me a story. Oh, that's perfect. I will tell you a story. Okay, so there's a little girl named Alice. Okay. In Wonderland? In Wonderland. How did you know? I'm the genius. So Alice goes to Wonderland. Okay. And in Wonderland, she experiences whimsical wonders and imaginative experiences and creative, colorful memories that are made with Cheshire cats and Mad Hatters, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, a talking dodo bird, a seal, some talking flowers, okay. and the Queen of Hearts. <laughs> Where are you going with oh, this? Oh, just wait. Also in Alice's adventures in Wonderland, she finds herself shrinking and expanding at different times. She finds herself seeing objects farther away and closer to her, as well as losing track of time. By the time she okay. returns from Wonderland, it had only been about an hour. Okay. Lewis Carroll's original novel, right, tells this story. This is published in 1865. Um, this kind of, this book radically changes the literature landscape for children. Sure, books, okay? sure. Did you know that there is a rare disorder known as Alice in Wonderland syndrome with, and the symptoms of the syndrome are shared experiences that Alice has in her story? This feels vaguely familiar, but no, I couldn't have told you that. So I was about to ask if you were going to um, tell me about how some people think that Lewis Carroll is Jack the Ripper. I wasn't, but maybe I'll look another into that time. next. I have another a book time. on it. Oh, I, I haven't read it yet, but I'm very excited to. Side note, Jack the Ripper is one of my favorite historical like events people ever, just because it's so crazy to me how he just like, no one knows. Yeah. And I used to have this dream that, like, one day I would discover 
the identity of Jack the Ripper like 200 years mm-hmm. after because that's logical. It, it could still happen, but I need to see that book. It's so. incredible. There's so much detail. It's insane. So Alice in Wonderland okay. syndrome. So Alice in Wonderland syndrome was first like identified or like written down, named in 1955 okay. by John Todd. So sometimes this is known as Todd's syndrome okay. after the discoverer. Um, and it's characterized by distorted like visual like perception, mm-hmm. like everything you see is all off and you can lose awareness of, or your perception of your own body can be skewed. Okay. And then your perception of time is skewed. Okay. Super rare. So even though it was discovered really in 1955, other scientists, you know, psychologists, early psychologists in the early 1900s had been reporting these kind of weird, whimsical experiences. Okay. So in 1907, there's a doctor, William Goers, who reports patients that had seizures who would experience feelings of unreality. Um, Herman Oppenheim in 1913 wrote that, quote, a patient with violent migraine had indescribable feelings of detachment of trunk or an extremity. Okay. Um, Another doctor, McDonald Critchley, noted that his patients would have, um, again, micropsia and macropsia, where they would imagine that their body objects were either smaller or larger than they are. Hmm. Um, And then Carol Littman in 1952, who's often considered maybe the precursor to John Todd, even though Todd is the one who receives credit. Okay. He was the first one to describe migraine patients with hallucinations of their bodies splitting and things growing and shrinking. And Lippmann was the first to make the connection between Lewis Carroll's novel and the syndrome that people can experience. I've got a question. Yes. It's a couple questions. Yeah. Um, so how are these symptoms different than, say body dysmorphia, uh, time blindness or uh, dissociation. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, Okay, I'm going to tell you. So this is that what it's important to understand is that this syndrome is not considered like a mental health issue or like anything that, that has to do with hallucinations or eyesight problems. Um, it's not even necessarily like a neurological condition. It's a people who experience Alice in Wonderland syndrome are aware that their reality is distorted. They like so, know what they're seeing is wrong. Yes. So is that, um, so what is it considered then? Like what category does it fall under? You know, it just Because falls... there are a lot of mental health, uh, right. you so, know, mental disorders, syndromes, whatever, that there are distortions that people are aware of their distortions. They know that hallucinations or voices or right. their perceptions of things are incorrect. So Alice in Wonderland syndrome is just, it's typically works in conjunction with other underlying conditions. So that, and so what's happening here is Alice in Wonderland syndrome is still relatively, it's a relatively new Mm -hmm. field of study. I mean, it was really discovered in 1955. It's also not necessarily harmful and it usually fades by adulthood. Interesting. So a lot of children, hence again, why there's this connection between Alice Mm -hmm. and this story. A lot of children don't, um, 
they recognize something's weird, but they're a child and they're not understanding really what's happening or if they should really bring it up because they're quick mm-hmm. episodes of distorted. Oh, it's episodic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, so it doesn't often get reported. And um, what's important to note why it's not necessarily a mental health like condition in and of itself mm-hmm. is originally this was just treated as you're, you've gone mad, hence mm. the Mad Hatter character so so it's it it has a neurological basis but it's not considered like a diagnosable right illness disorder right it's not like we can trace it to one particular area of the brain or like you know there's things like that so so yeah so originally it was treated as being you've gone mad you're Mm -hmm. you know you're seeing things get to the asylum kind of thing this article describes it as a neurological issue like dealing with your brain and your nerves not a mental health issue mm-hmm. so if that's it's kind of a a strange line there. they're they're definitely connected correct yeah so um so like i said this is typically something that's happening in children and young adults and by adulthood it typically goes away on its own um there are many cases of adults that will still struggle with episodes okay um but again it's not necessarily debilitating um so so here's where i want to kind of break down some of the symptoms right and Please they do. all really they so they all really relate to what happens in this book and i will go on ahead and include this scientists um and, and historians know that lewis carroll struggled with migraines okay migraines is one of the underlying causes mm. of aiws and so many argue that lewis was re- incorporated some of his own experiences with this syndrome in his alice's adventures in wonderland okay so as many authors and artists do in general, exactly. relate to their own work in some exactly. way. Exactly, and this is an interesting. Um, I will add this as well. Um, a lot of this um, syndrome finds itself in literature. Mm. Most of there's not as much scientific evidence prior to 1955 because most of it was just people's revelations in literature. Um, so well, and psychology. Pre nineteen fifties, really pre nineteen like nineties, exactly was not good. Right, it was you know a whole different genre that was this kind of that pseudoscience idea. Right? I will at some time have to do an episode on like the history of hysteria. Absolutely, it's right because it's the concerning. whole transition from recognizing chemical imbalances mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, yeah, we're in a different state. So, so yeah, so. It, this book is also associated to a lot of things that happen in Gulliver's Travels. Mm. Um, so Jonathan oh. Swift's story yeah. with the characters of, um, you know, Lilliput and the horse figures and the really small people and the really big people. The Lilliputians. S- yeah. Similar ideas there. So again, you see that connection to literature because this wasn't necessarily the symptoms that you felt weren't associated with a common reality of just your brain having something wrong with it right you know not it was like you're mad you've Mm -hmm. lost it yeah so you know it's not like it's this lsd trip or anything like that um as tempting as it is there's definitely some of that in um alice in wonderland did you say i'm saying as tempting as tempting as it is to think it's an lsd trip this is here i am again like once again you're talking about the positives there are no criminal activity Thank you for clearing that up. But it's tempting to just want to think that we can narrow this down to like, oh, it's just like some sort of drug trip or hallucination. It's not. Because again, there's that differentiation from 
people are aware that their reality is distorted. Mm-hmm. Whereas a LSD trip or drug trips, um, you have, you think this is your reality. Right. Right. Um, so symptoms, there are 58 recognized symptoms of AIWS. Okay. Um, the most common symptoms are micropsia and macropsia. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing them relatively okay. But that's when objects appear smaller or bigger. Micro, small, mm-hmm. macro, large. Um, there is also tel- teleopsia. That one's weird. See. Um, tel- teleopsia. It might be teleopsia. 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 I don't know. Teleopsia, teleopsia. I don't know. Tomato, tomato. This is where objects seem far, farther away okay. than where they are. Pelopsia is when objects seem closer than they are. Um, dysmorphos... Oh, this one is so hard to say. There's so many syllables. Dysmorphopsia. This yeah. is where straight lines are like wavy. So this is like oh. the... You know the... Um, it's mirrors like, at the fun house? Yeah, dude. I, my, I, my vision gets like that when I get migraines. Yeah. Uh-oh. That's just an aura. <laughs> um, and I, and that actually, this, some of this um, is associated with migraine auras. Mm-hmm. It's a rare type of migraine aura. So um, you also have macrosomatognosia, okay. which is where your body feels bigger than it is. Okay. And then you obviously have microsomatognosia, where your body feels smaller than it is. And then you also can have quick motion phenomenon where time is going so rapidly that that you feel like it's going so rapidly but it's really not does it have the opposite as well this one not not that we know of maybe it does but this is you know again like that alice in wonderland Mm -hmm. she goes into wonderland and it's been an hour but she feels like she's been there for days it's that kind of idea where time goes so quickly um well that that would be the opposite in alice in wonderland time is moving much slower than she thinks she thinks it's days but it's only been an hour (laughs) <laughs> another symptom is quick <laughs> motion phenomenon ignore it where time will move much quicker than it really is so objects could be seen rushing around or voices talking too quickly um really just things being rapid okay if that makes sense and i would imagine there could be a converse to that the the one article i was using for symptoms here didn't know none of them necessarily mentioned time moving slower Mm, but okay. like everything, they have both, you know, right. big, small. Right, right. So I'd assume that there's an opposites there. Um, so like I said, a um, Alice in Wonderland syndrome is typically caused by other underlying conditions. So I'm going to be looking up this full symptom list because I think I have this. <laughs> well, and so part of what I found so interesting about this, you know, syndrome is that it's not a lot of people. I mean, it's like it has scientific grounds. There's lots of I've studies. I've never heard of this. There's I, studies from 2011, 2015, 2016. Like, there's a lot of studies, especially in the past few years. Um, but like I mentioned, because it sometimes can just be like so quick, people don't perceive it. It happens in children, so people, so children are just like, well, that was weird. But they're a child, so they're not necessarily like thinking oh what like I need to go tell my doctor you know what I'm so saying? the like I have had this happen on multiple occasions 
and I did not think anything of it. Okay, tell me. Until <laughs> right now. Tell me. Um, I've had the, like, obviously I have had the, like, wavy lines, but that mm-hmm. is kind of more of when I have a migraine. Um, I have had the, like, and now the time thing, that may just be because I have ADHD. Time blindness sure. is a thing. Um, I have had on occasion, but it's only on occasion. It is, like, an, an episode kind yeah. of thing. I always thought I was just like in my head and maybe a little like too tired, sleep deprived or something. But the feeling of like my body being really big or being really small, like not being able to mentally, like if I'm looking at myself in a mirror, I can see Mm -hmm. I'm not having like dysmorphic images. Oftentimes it'll be at night, like if I'm laying in bed, my body will feel really big or it'll feel really small. But if I look at myself, like I can't imagine what my body actually looks like. Yeah. Um, What were some of the other ones? Um, I forgot. So your objects being smaller or larger than they are. So looking at something else, you objects seeming further or farther away. So like your depth perception is off. That's literally what just happened when I was sitting here. I was like, this look looks like it's about a mile away. Right. And so that's and so again, <laughs> some people assumed with this depth perception, it's just glasses. I yeah. Right? I've always thought I kind of had bad depth perception. And so obviously this isn't just like if you have one of these symptoms, you have AIWS. Right, right. It's, it's one of these. It's of still not. newer. There's studies to prove that it's like legit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are plenty of people that suffer it, but it's rare mm-hmm. in that it's a spectrum. Yeah. And to yeah. have all of the symptoms is what's rare. You could have some symptoms, again, because it's caused by things such as migraine. Right. 27% of AIWS cases are come from migraines. Interesting. And many researchers are looking into AIWS as its own kind of migraine aura. So here's something additionally interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have really bad vestibular migraines. Mm. So it's not really the headache. It's like a, you get super dizzy. Like I was very close to passing out a couple times. A couple times I kind of like fell right. onto my desk in school. Right. Um, and it just like wiped me out for the whole day. So it's mostly dizziness, but it is a type of migraine. Those have gotten a lot better, and I've experienced this a lot less. Hmm. Well, and again, not that, that it is necessarily this, but like some of these similar symptoms. Well, and it's it is one of those things that's supposed to grow out of yeah. you by adulthood. So um, it's it really was super interesting to to learn about and just to like dive in. So other things that can cause this are infections. So. Uh, around 23% of AIWS cases are caused by infections. The most common is the Epstein-Barr virus. Mm. Um, That's a herpes virus, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like 90% sure. I guess I should double check. Mm-hmm. Yes. What percent? 40 23. Okay. I don't know where I got 40. So um, the other thing is head trauma. So 8% of cases can come from head trauma. And this is only, this is one particular study. There's TBI. I don't know about. There's other, um, I mean, there's obviously other studies. This is from a 2016 study. Um, You know, something like concussions too, too many blows to the head. Yeah. Big time. You know. Um, There's a lot of crazy things that can happen. Right. Epilepsy accounts for 3%. Okay. And then they do account for certain medicines like cough syrups or mm. other hallucinogenic drugs. Interesting. Can that cause it like more than one episode or is that kind of like it mimics the symptoms it's, of it? It's going to 
influence the intensity okay. of okay. episodes is really what happens here. So, right. um, gotcha. and obviously hallucinogenic drugs, hallucinogenic drugs, mm-hmm. there's an extra syllable there. They cause episodes in and of themselves. So there is, there is that. They're not the same, but they kind of mimic each other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there is that recognition of like that can complicate and right. or mimic AIWS. And then there is actually one out of five cases have no obvious cause. Mm. So, you know, researchers are, are really diving into it to figure out what is it? We recognize something's happening. We're going to, we have this name for it, but we're still understanding all the implications of how it separates and defines itself, which is, I think, honestly, really interesting yeah. to be a part of some yeah. kind of development. Um, they also believe that um, Alice in Wonderland syndrome is genetic. Okay. Or hereditary. What I think it was both. Whatever. Yeah, there's one story actually in the New York Times that is really where a lot of this got some traction. Her name was Helene Stepinski. Okay. And she was writing this uh, almost blog post um, about her and her daughter, Paulina, who were having AIWS episodes. And the whole our article is breaking down how not only her and her daughter, but her mother mm-hmm. also had episodes when they were children. And her son had episodes. So um, so there is a lot of evidence that it's genetic and that it can be something passed down. At least anecdotal evidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Helene actually describes an episode saying, quote, when I was young, I too would see things far away as I once described it to my mother, as if everything in the room were at the wrong end of a telescope. The episodes could last anywhere from a few minutes to an hour, but they eventually faded as I grew older. End quote. So episodes are typically brief and they're not like your LSD trips. They're right. their own weird sort of like everything is My off. LSD trips? <laughs> yeah, yours. <laughs> I'll let it go. It's fine. So there's there's not a way to predict or monitor these episodes. They're not mm-hmm. they're not expected. The the syndrome itself is very rare. Um and so there's not really any treatment. So in right. terms of like, you know, danger to you, like that's why I don't think that there is as much of a push for like treatment or cure because right. it's fading away and it's also not anything that's actually harming anybody or putting people in harm's way. Well, because you're still you're conscious like of the fact that you're operating heavy distorted. machinery. Well, that's fair. If you're driving a car, you know. And but, there's, there's a good couple of years in there where you, you might have some overlap. That's fair. So maybe, I mean, they're working on it, but, um, a lot of like the treatment advice is just taking care of the underlying condition, Mm. right? So dealing with your migraines or epilepsy, things like that. Um, and you know, the, since it's also, you know, it's, it's not like an LSD trip where, I mean, to your point, there is obviously room where these could become a, Mm a hazard, but like an LSD trip, if you have like a bad trip, you could end up in the middle of a highway right. and like d- die. Yeah. You know, these are more like, I see that everything is off and I can be consciously aware of it. So mm-hmm. even if you were operating heavy machinery, you could like know. Be aware enough to stop, pull over, whatever. Right. So it's very Hopefully. strange. It's just a very like strange, Interesting. new, newer development mm-hmm. that does have a lot of like scientific basis there's a lot of to your point anecdotal evidence but also scientific evidence and 
it's one of those things that researchers are still building off of and theorizing. Right. right. Um, but it's, it's a, it really is super interesting. And then to your point, considering like the history of hysteria, even, and looking at the progression of psychology as a legitimate science is very interesting, especially considering it's, this, you know, it's, it's wild. Cause you look at the transition of, you know, if there is that cor- correlation with mm-hmm. Lewis Carroll and Alice in Wonderland, then you look at now we're in the 21st century and we're looking back and saying, huh, maybe there was actually just something going on. Maybe mm-hmm. there was a, an underlying cause to these, these perceptions and these distortions that are being experienced. And it's not mad hatter. Perception you know? is one of like the most interesting fields of study. Yeah. Per- like perception, science on perception, perception studies, fascinating. Which is all where this falls Absolutely in. fascinating. It all falls in here. So, so that, so that's Alice in Wonderland syndrome. Interesting. That's what I have for you. Um, <laughs> you know, when we did the, when we did the, um, the Denver airport episode, you said you were going to be up all night thinking about that. I think I'm going to be up all night researching this, <laughs> calling my doctor. You're going to be like, do I have <laughs> Alice in Wonderland syndrome? Or am I just, do I just have ADHD and I don't sleep enough? Well, and it'd be interesting just to consider, I mean, I, I get this feel from my research that Alice in Wonderland syndrome is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I, and again, it's not like they have a hard and right. fast line of right. like, this is where you have Mm-hmm. Um, Alice in Wonderland syndrome, but it's, it's just, it's one of those things I think to your point, maybe more people struggle with, and it could be really still just a symptom of, or like have underlying causes Mm -hmm. that maybe people just aren't aware is like a thing. So I don't know. It's interesting to to say who's, who is to say me. I'm to say on everything, (laughs) every topic ever. So yeah, so Alice in Wonderland syndrome, it's kind of crazy. It makes me think of the the movies and the book in a different light. Hmm. Nonetheless. I've never read the book. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Sorry. The original <laughs> illustrations are like so pretty too. Okay. Definitely 10 out of 10 I trust recommend. you. So watch Alice in Wonderland. Disney, sponsor us. <laughs> oh, you're going big for, yeah, for but, sponsorships. Hey, shoot for the You stars. want our first like one-on-one corporate sponsorship yes to be disney okay a dream is a wish your heart makes thank you for that you're welcome but anyways alice in wonderland syndrome crazy times distorted perceptions and magic mushrooms and talking flowers and lsd and lsd sponsor us disney but but not lsd (laughs) but also sponsor us disney so that's what i have for you what am i supposed to do with this i know i don't know (laughs) i don't know where you go from here i don't either um because your mind because your mind is whirling down the rabbit hole trying to determine well it always is i mean (laughs) am i kidding (laughs) always constantly so i think we're gonna have to um read that book about how lewis carroll might be jack the ripper and then maybe Mm -hmm. we'll watch alice in wonderland and then maybe we'll be able to connect these dots maybe we will or maybe we'll just get more confused, but the latter I is think probably it the most sounds like a plan, like Great. a really good plan. Great. The only good plan. Um, but in the meantime, you should come join us on our social media. Right. You should check us out on uh, Instagram, hyperfocuspod, Twitter, 
hyperfocus underscore pod facebook hyperfocus a podcast for chaotic minds like our page and join our group youtube also hyperfocus a podcast for chaotic minds and tiktok hyperfocus pod and you can also email us directly she remembered this time i did hyperfocuscast at gmail.com so that's hyperfocus c-a-s-t at gmail.com so give us your feedback your uh, fan mail your love letters love letters your gifts social security number and your mother's maiden name uh your cash your dog's um, name you can favorite color make your checks out to hyperfocus and you can also give us topics if you have anything interesting that you've learned of or if you prefer to send money digitally you can go to our website and click on sponsor this podcast disney <laughs> did you hear that no that's like it's people who can like donate i money. know but disney oh okay <laughs> Just have Disney donate a bunch of money. <laughs> hey, I'm really going hard for the cash grab today. I know. Apparently. I I can't control her. I apologize. I can't control me either. But I will say, you should follow us. Check us out. Send us emails. Send us your feedback. We love and appreciate you all. And your money. And your money. I guess. <laughs> we punchy today. We a little bit punchy today. I'm gonna blame that on uh, my lack of sleep, courtesy of the the Denver airport video or episode that's a video too it is a video on our youtube page because we're shooting videos now and you can see our beautiful faces i'm just constantly sleep deprived so i don't she's more used to it than i am (laughs) and yet here i am still acting like this well um maybe i should go take a nap yeah i think i think we've uh we've learned a lot today we've learned a lot so we'll see you next week stay chaotic babes At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.